When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Walmart in the news again. Yes, uh, my wife came home this weekend and said uh, they didn't have it at the store. She went to Walmart looking for it, and they didn't have it. Well, apparently it was only available, this particular shirt was really only available in Canadian brick-and-mortar stores probably could have gotten it online prior to all the news about it but it was a recycle shirt (laughs) and it said it's got the giant letters r e on it with uh small case words after re cycle re use re new re think and it's just a you know your basic little recycling shirt right except that (laughs) all the small case words after the giant re are in order all rowed up so the first letters all line up to c u n t (laughs) so now it's been removed uh it's been removed it was an accident uh-huh. And uh, just inadvertently spelled that word. Gosh darn it, we didn't mean it. <laughs> I wish my wife would have found it. It would have been awesome to have. Now, there's plenty of people that think that it was deliberate. And this is, you know, what's the over-under on whoever designed this shirt knew exactly what they were doing. I I kind of been on that side that uh, Walmart does it just to create some uh, controversy around their clothes, the George Fashion brand. I guess, uh, you know, you could call the Walmart-owned George Fashion brand a fashion brand. But uh, it was only available in Canada. But it had been well worth the five bucks. And I guess you can get it, uh, you know, online. Look around. I don't know how much it's going to cost you online now. Uh, just I just feel like Walmart does it ever so often just to promote the George Fashion line. And it's funny, uh, you know, it, it would be funny to have one. And don't forget, uh, you know, they did this a few years ago. I forget how long ago. Remember their journalism t-shirt that they had? That was quite a while ago, though, um, where they removed the t-shirt because it said uh, rope tree journalist, some assembly required. <laughs> no, that's not funny. There's journalists out there that uh, we can't have that. And that was in 2000, yeah, 2017. That was ages ago. And they claimed that uh, that was uh, in our vitriolic political and ideological environment. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to a lot of you people in the news. (laughs) Uh, We can't have that rope tree journalist, some assembly required. I do get that. I don't necessarily, I guess, they say that there were complaints about the recycle, reuse, renew, rethink t-shirt. Was there, though? Was there? I find that hard to believe. 
I feel like it started going viral on, uh, on social media because uh, there were several people who said must have this before Walmart realizes what they've done. And that's good enough. That's the press they needed. So let's go ahead and pull it. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So if you're going to school at Rutgers University, I don't know if you make class or not. I think the school is still under a strike. Uh, According to this, we're in like day two of the Rutgers University strike. Around 9,000 workers at the State University of New Jersey went on strike on Monday. So they have three labor organizations. The Rutgers Adjunct Faculty Union, which represents part-time lecturers. The AAUP-AFT, which represents full-time faculty, graduate workers, postdoctoral associates, and counselors. And the AAUP-BHSNJ, which represents faculty in the Health and Sciences Department. <laughs> okay, so it's the first time that Rutgers University faculty has ever gone on strike throughout the institution's 250-year historic history. Is it, can that something be historic in history? Yes, of course it can. So why do people strike? Well, equal pay for equal work, a living wage for all, real job security, race and gender equity, and a fair salary increase. We have no other uh, choice than to go on strike. The governor, Phil Murphy, who is just a wonderful governor in the great state of New Jersey, ugh, he was supposed to bring them all together so they could have a productive dialogue. How'd that work out, Phil? Uh, <laughs> uh, just incredible. Then I see where they talk about uh, the 67,000 undergraduate and graduate students uh, that are part of the uh, New Jersey's largest public institution. Should uh, they... They were told that classes may be disrupted due to the strike. But every other story I read said that the university, uh, nearly none of the students will be affected by the strike. So if you're going to Rutgers, do you go to class or you just use the strike as an excuse not to go? Eh, no, I couldn't couldn't make it today. Sorry, didn't want to pass the picket line. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we all have our, uh, we all have our picket signs. We are, with the giant Rutgers R, on strike for a better Rutgers. Are you, though? Are you? So, good luck to everyone involved in the Rutgers strike. Uh, now's the best time. Uh, there's no time like the present. When we, this administration that we have in office in Washington, D.C. is a big believer in unions and will be on your side, unioneers. So you can count on that happening to be on your side when you're, of course, fighting for equal pay for equal work, which I'm sure doesn't happen. A living wage for all. Real job security. Does anyone have real job security? Race and gender equity. Yeah, you can't have a university without that. And a fair salary increase. I'm be interested to see what constitutes fair. But good luck to Rutgers and good luck to the great state of New Jersey. And just so we're clear, I actually have lived in the great state of New Jersey uh, in my life. And uh, I was okay. (laughs) It was all right. I've told the story about 
uh, you know, walking through Newark looking for a place to stay. I ended up staying in the Weehawken right across from uh, Manhattan there at the end of the, of the Lincoln Tunnel. But uh, anyway, I did. I have lived in New Jersey. And I used New Jersey all the time. I lived in Pennsylvania, drove into New Jersey every day. Uh, you know, and I paid uh, parking fees in New Jersey, bought gas in New Jersey. One of the, I think it's the only state that you can't pump your own gas. I remember the first time I ever pulled up to the gas station there outside of the bus station in, in Trenton. And I hop out of my car and I, I thought I was going to get tackled uh, from these workers. No, no, no. You can't be pumping your own gas in New Jersey. You get kind of used to it. I mean, you pull up and you're like, go ahead. Fill that bad boy up. But uh, <laughs> it's a weird kind of thing in today's world where you have, you know, a hundred years ago, you had people that would come out and pump your gas, right? We've gotten used to doing it ourselves. Not in New Jersey, though. Not in New Jersey. And as long as we're talking about universities, did you see where the University of Oklahoma uh, had a warning uh, last Friday about an active shooter on campus? And uh, they say now that the calls to 911 were originated from outside the United States and they were swatting calls. So there was no active shooter. The OU president, Joseph Harrows Jr., released a statement uh, this weekend saying that uh, at 9.24 p.m. Friday, several calls were made to 911 reporting an active shooter on campus. Several calls were made. All right. Officers immediately responded and found no evidence of a shooting or criminal activity. With assistance from the FBI, we have since confirmed that this was a swatting incident where callers fake an emergency that draws a large response from law enforcement. Although the investigation will continue, it is believed that the calls targeting our campus originated from outside of the United States. What? Good does that do? I I, I don't understand. That's so weird to me. Uh, so he applauded. Obviously, Harrow's uh, Harrow's uh, uh, applauded the work of the officers from different law enforcement agencies who responded to the incident and took action uh, within less than a minute of the initial call. The first emergency uh, rave alert was sent to all Norman students, faculty, and staff, and OUPD arrived on the scene in under two minutes. In addition, there were many other staff administrators who did their part Friday to keep our community safe and informed. That's great. I mean, everything everything that's in place happened the way it should. Now, the one thing that kind of threw me about this, okay, so there was no active shooter. Uh, everything is fine. Uh, everything went as scheduled as what's supposed to happen everybody's duck was in a row that if there was an active shooter then this is what happens and procedures were all followed and taken care of however just so you know counseling this is the world we live in today campus counseling services are available for any student seeking help or experiencing difficulty after the incident uh, okay, listen, We I know that uh, the incident turned out to be false, but you have to recognize that the feelings of fear and anxiety that many of us experienced on Friday were very real. So we want to make sure that uh, we have counseling services available for any student 
seeking help or experiencing difficulty after the incident. I'd be interested to see if some actually took that up. I hope you do. You know what? You know what? Now that I'm talking about it out loud, I hope you took advantage of the counseling services that are available if you experienced, you know, difficulty after a fake incident. <laughs> I hope I hope you get yourself taken care of. Now, the bigger question is, why is someone outside of the United States swatting a United States University campus? There's got to be something else going on. Got to be. You can quote me on that. There's got to be something else going on. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Wow, so Super Mario Brothers movie was well and above number one movie this weekend. Uh, topping $146 million. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> that is a huge domestic uh, day at the box office or weekend for uh, a movie. And it was Super Mario Brothers, the animated film. Got me thinking about what are the biggest animated movies uh, domestically. Uh, in the U.S. and you look at uh, you know the bottom of it was Secret Life of Pets for 391 million total. Probably going to beat that. Uh, Toy Story 403 million, eh, maybe. Uh, Despicable Me 2 415 million. These are all domestically here in the U.S. Shrek the Third 430 million. Shrek 434. Toy Story 4, 435. Toy Story 2, 440. Frozen. Wow, Frozen. Way down the list at what? Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. At 452 million. Monsters, Inc. I love that movie. 453 million. I do, I do love Monsters, Inc. That's a tremendous movie. Frozen 2. Uh, Toy Story 3. The Toy Stories are all good. The first one is awesome. Uh, and the, boy, all the Toy Stories are in the top, man. That's, <laughs> I mean, the lowest one is the first one, and that's only at $403 million. Loser. Uh, Finding Dory, $516 million. Uh, That was okay. Uh, Finding Nemo was uh, awesome. That's number three domestically. $564 million for Finding Nemo. That movie was great. Uh, Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2. $613 million. Number two on the biggest animated movies in the U.S. Uh, domestic box office. Now, that's incre what's incredible about Incredibles 2 is that Incredible 1 is not on this list in the top 15. Although in The Incredibles earned only 261.4 million domestically globally they earned uh, over 600 million for the first one the first one was awesome i loved the first one uh, and shrek 2 is number 1 at the box office domestically for 652 million dollars you know what else is not on this list that i was that i was going through i'm like where the heck is Tangled. I love Tangled. Then I look it up and Tangled made, uh, well, just under 600 million, but that was global. Uh, and, and domestically, they only made a couple hundred million, but I love Tangled. And uh, it's not on the list of the top 15 biggest animated movies in the U.S. 
Oh, another one that's not on this list is Lion King. Lion King is like uh, over a billion dollars uh, internationally, and I think they made, you know, they made over four hundred million uh, domestically. Why aren't they on this list? What's going on? Why are we hating on Lion King? Plus, I'll tell you another movie that's not on this list that I loved is Lion King One and a Half. I know it probably didn't do very well. I don't know how much money it made, but Lion King One and a Half is awesome and it's fun to watch so just saying it's not on the list but hey you never know uh mario brothers i'm sorry the super mario brothers movie may just crack into the top 15 and head toward the top after this big opening weekend and i don't know about moana i mean my <laughs> my wife's grandkids love that stupid movie and i guess a live action is uh remake is in the works at disney studios with the rock tap to reprise the role so yay that's great i love the live action remakes not really but whatever i'm sure sure my wife's grandkids will like it all right so i gave you a day all right if you're listening live today is the 11th of april 2023 the show aired on the 9th of april 2023 succession okay I gave you an extra day that, that uh, you know, I wanted to talk about it. It's been eating at me. I wanted to talk about it. If you haven't watched it on HBO and HBO Max, I don't know where you're at, but I'm just saying that the episode was amazing because they finally killed off. Well, okay, I'll tell you what. <laughs> if you don't want to know, go ahead and, you know, just fast forward the podcast. All right. I'm just I'm only going to do a quick little recap today but they finally killed off go ahead fast forward go ahead okay i'll let you i'll I'll let you i'll let you know when we're back all right uh succession has finally killed off logan roy uh the main man the big guy brian cox's character uh he died and they made it so that we never got to see his death okay which is kind of disappointing. We had to feel his death through his kids, which I kind of get and I liked. Uh, all the kids were there, all four, because it was Connor's wedding. And uh, that's the day, of course, he dies, is the, the date of Connor's wedding. And uh, they have to deal with it because dad's on a plane. He's not coming to the wedding, of course. And uh, they all have their separate relationships with him. And uh, he just had met with them the episode before telling them that he loved them, but they're not serious people. (laughs) And uh, he was working on a new deal for the company, but they all had to deal with his death on an airplane uh, at the, you know, at this wedding. And it was, uh, it was a pretty incredible episode. Uh, And it's going to be fascinating to see how they all deal with it. Now I did like the fact that, you know, they all kind of tried to talk to him because Tom held up the phone as they were giving him uh chest or they were doing CPR on him. And uh, they all said what, at least they tried to say a little something. And then, uh, you know, Logan, I mean, Kendall had said to Logan, uh, uh, you know, I can't forgive you. It's okay. And I love you. And he's the one who said uh, when they were sitting there at the end trying to figure out what they were going to do and uh, what was going to happen. And he was like, so what we do today 
will always be what we did the day our father died. And that's a great line, man. And that's a great knowledge to know you got to be, you got to be the crap, man. You got to be it. Because <laughs> uh, what we do today will always be what we did the day our father died. That's almost a chewing the fat quote. Uh, <laughs> it's a good line though. It's a good line from Kendall. So we'll see. I mean, all of them are going to be pushed to their limits uh, this season. And this is the final season. So you knew he had to go. I mean, he was, I don't know, 150 years old or whatever the hell he was. He just celebrated his birthday in an earlier episode. I forget how old he was, 80 or 81 or whatever it was. I mean, he's in his 80s. So, I mean, it was definitely time uh, as far as the show goes that it had to happen. No question. I will say that a good theory that's going to screw up all these kids, right? Because he's got the four kids. He's got Connor, he's got Kendall, he's got Roman, and he's got Shiv. So uh, Kendall and Roman and Shiv were kids from the second wife. Connor was from the first wife, who I don't even know we know who that first wife is. But there's a rumor that his latest girlfriend... Uh, his assistant uh, may be pregnant with his kid. That would be awesome. I hope that actually happens. I hope that actually is the case. That would throw them into a tizzy. And I'll tell you who else has got to go is Shiv's husband, Tom. And uh, they're soon to be divorced. They're not divorced yet. And so he's kind of uh, the son-in-law that isn't the son-in-law. He was on the plane with when he died, and he was the one holding the phone and talking to everyone uh, on the end, uh, along with the other uh, the other partners in the business, the other workers, CEOs, CEOs, and attorneys. But the point is, is that he's got to go. He is agonizing. He just pisses me off. So it's time for him to go. It's time for Tom to take a walk. Okay, I'm done with succession now. You can come back. Go ahead, come back. You don't have to. (laughs) You can come back now, okay? All right. So who died today? Who died today? Cartoonist Al Jaffe, Al Jaffe from Mad Magazine, who worked to create one of the publication's signature features, the back cover fold-in, he has died at the age of 102. Very sad. He died of multi-system organ failure at a New York hospital. The magazine site posted a tribute to the incomparable Jaffe who, with current and former staffers honoring him as a humble and kind creator, holy creative soul, at heart, a rascal, a national treasure. And so, uh, rest in peace, cartoonist Al Jaffe from Mad Magazine. Elizabeth Hubbard is another one who died today, or at least is who died in our Who Died Today segment. She uh, died at the age of 89 years of age. Elizabeth Hubbard, you may remember Elizabeth from As the World Turns and The Doctors. She was a big-time daytime soap opera TV star. Elizabeth Hubbard, she's a daytime Emmy-winning soap opera star. As the world turns, the doctors, 
I don't, I don't remember the doctors. Uh, that's where she won her uh, daytime Emmy. As the world turns, yeah, of course. I mean, everyone remembers As the World Turns. I don't remember the doctors, though. She played uh, Dr. Althea Davis in uh, NBC's The Doctors. It doesn't say what she died of, though. So I guess we'll just have to say that she died because she was 89 years of age. We have another person in our Who Died Today segment who was over 100. So Al Jaffe uh, passed away from Mad Magazine at 102. But Benjamin French, uh, the last living prosecutor from the Nuremberg trials, uh, died uh, at 103 years of age. Wow. So this was confirmed by the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington. Uh, the world lost a leader in the quest for justice for victims of genocide and related crimes. He was actually the first one, I think, to call it genocide, what happened in, uh, during World War II. And uh, he, was, you know, he was an amazing, amazing man, uh, no question about it. So uh, we, lost a, we lost an amazing man. This past weekend, Benjamin French, if you want to read about him, look him up. I mean, he's, he was incredible. He was born in 1920, uh, to an Hungarian Jewish family in Transylvania, Romania. He immigrated to, with his family to the U S, uh, 10 months later to escape. Uh, he immigrated so that he could get out of rampant anti-Semitism. Uh, he graduated Harvard law, enlisted in the U S army, worked under Patton, uh, worked all part of World War II, and fell into the job of taking care of the Nuremberg cases and beyond. Anyway, uh, very sad. Uh, we, lost a, we lost a really, really good man. Benjamin Fritz, 103 years of age. You can always email the show, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. I see all your emails. I may not, uh, some I may answer, some I may read on the air. Like this email from Tyler, who was reminding me that his email was being sent from Ohio, the greatest state in the union. Is it though, Tyler? Is it? Uh, thank you. You can uh, email the show at chewingthefat at theblaze.com as Tyler did. You can also follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Uh, Instagram and Facebook is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow me on YouTube, Chewing the Fat at TheBlaze.com. Uh, chewing the Fat at TheBlaze.com. Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, YouTube, eh, whatever it is. Some, it's something. It's been a while since I've been over there. And uh, you can <laughs> order a cameo from me at JeffyJFR. Uh, that's not free. That'll cost you some extra money. But uh, I'll be happy, glad, sad, mad, mean, whatever you want. That's what cameo, that's why cameo is my pimp. And uh, they just tell me what to do and I do it. I'm sure they love the idea of being considered a pimp, but. Hey, that's what they are. Good news from uh, our president, which is <laughs> strange enough as it is. Uh, president Biden has signed a bill that ends the national emergency declaration. Uh, so the COVID national emergency is over. The declaration was put in place by former President Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, so that, you know, federal funds were freed up to address the pandemic and so, you know, I will, does it, does it mean anything? I don't know. Um, you know, it impacts the public health emergency that will be wound down by May 11th. 
The government is not just declaring victory and walking away, though. See, this is the thing. The administration plans to pour another $5 billion into a program to develop new coronavirus vaccines and treatments. So, yay! Yay! It can't just be over. No! <laughs> No, it can't just be over. We're going to spend a few more billion on that. I don't know where that billion is going to, those five billion are going to come from. Maybe we're going to take it from the fund we've set up for Ukraine. But, you know, that's what they said. And will Meghan and Harry attend the coronation? Well, we've, we found out that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have, uh, have, well, they've released a statement from their spokesperson said <laughs> uh, their spokesperson said uh well we don't have an update on whether they were attending or not oh thanks so we don't know if they're going to the coronation or not i'm telling you harry needs to go without megan and i don't think that's going to happen i think that's the fight harry's just like let me go they don't like you uh, just let me go because they were actually they're talking about taking away their actual titles i don't know that dad wants to do that but they could and if they if dad takes away the titles they're just like nobody's <laughs> uh, that will not go over well uh it will not go over well just keep writing books and saying bad things about them in uh on special shows there uh harry and megan and see how that works out for you see if you want to go to the coronation that's just agonizing Oh, congratulations to Kim Kardashian. Yes, uh, Kim K. She, it's been announced that she is joining American Horror Story alongside returning star Emma Roberts. American Horror Story, season 12. American, maybe you didn't hear me. American Horror Story, season 12. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Kim. Uh, she's... Going to be part of season 12. Man, oh man, can't wait for that. I mean, the first 11. I, I'm trying to remember. I, I think I watched the first first couple seasons. Uh, not sure. I, I don't know. I can't remember. And this is, I, I, I think I watched the very first one or two seasons. And then it kind of lost me. So anyway, uh, I'll have to get caught up. Uh, apparently... Uh, Kim said that she wasn't actively searching for roles. Uh-huh. But uh, she was just happy to do it, and it sounded like a fun thing to do. And so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> uh, so we look forward to Kim being part of uh, Season 12 of American Horror Story. I do just like saying American Horror Story. wish I was their voice guy. Uh, if you need a new voice guy for Season 12... Now that you've got Kim K on there, give me a call. Uh, call me or, you know, DM me on social media or email me, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. I'm happy and uh, ready to go for American Horror Story. So I see a tweet from uh, Abnormal, at Abner Normal 18, and it says, my parents' uh, neighbors, uh, my parents' neighbor is selling their house, and there is a list of what is not included in 
the sale. So I was looking at the list and uh, it's kind of interesting. I was looking at, because when you move into a house, you expect some things to be there. So it's good to know what's not. When we moved into this house, uh, when we first came over to look at it, and we were leasing this house. There was a wall of shelving in the garage. And I was in love with that. I was all happy about that. And I, I'm glad I said something about it because the guy goes, oh, yeah, they're going to go. Uh, they don't stay. I'm like, what? I was so pissed. I almost didn't get the place. I wanted that shelving so bad. <laughs> so this particular house, it doesn't say where it's at, but it says, uh, looks like uh, the taxes last year were $1,100, $1,198. So gives you an idea of maybe where they're at. Not really sure how, but maybe you can figure that out. Um, and it says that, uh, you know, it's not foreclosed. There's no short sales, not owned by HUD, blah, blah, blah. And it said that uh, it's uh, got a wall unit um, for air cooling, which I guess you just have a AC unit in the bedroom. That kind of sucks. I would be moving back into the 70s. Uh, heating is electric forced air and wood. And I guess they have a fireplace or a, a wood stove. Uh, they have uh, a, the refrigerator, uh, apparently, uh, stays. The uh, stove stays. The dishwasher stays. The wood stove obviously stays. And I guess there's a playhouse out back uh, that stays. So I guess, you know, that's a lot of fun with the playhouse out back. But however, it says here also, uh, oh my gosh, it does actually say the address here as I'm reading the small print. <laughs> it's in the worst state in the union. Of course, Akron. I, the only Akron I know of, it might not be Akron, Ohio, but it might, you know, it could be the, the only Akron I'm aware of is Akron, Ohio, the worst state in the union. Of course, this is in Ohio. Anyway. <laughs> so, because uh, it gives directions on how to get there. <laughs> Uh, it could be, I don't know. It could be Akron, Idaho. Could be possible. Is it Akron, Arkansas? Could be. But the only, like I said, the only Akron I know is, you know. How. Anyway, it talks about the kitchen features, the breakfast bar, the dishwasher, the oven, the rain. The oven range is freestanding. I guess that's just out in the middle of the kitchen. Uh, pantry and a refrigerator. Obviously, we talked about the refrigerator steak. But it also uh, has a list of things excluded. And it says, uh, it says under the seller's personal property, microwave. Okay, you're not keeping the microwave. Uh, the freezer. Yeah, the freezer goes. Okay, I'm not, I'm not leaving you the freezer. The washer and dryer. Yeah, those are mine. You're going to have to come up with your own washer and dryer. Okay. And then it also says, I'm taking the pole in the bedroom with me. <laughs> uh, you can't have that. Okay, no. Uh, you can have the playhouse out back, uh, but you're not. You can have the freestanding oven and range out there in the kitchen, the one in the middle of the room, but you can't have the pole in the bedroom. Okay. So when you come and visit the place and you say, hey, man, I'm so, I love this place. And that pole in the bedroom is something. No, 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 no. You're going to have to bring your own pole. Okay. That one is coming with me. Now, I we all know that animals prefer different things, right? Different animals prefer different things, just like humans. I get it. 
And, uh, you know, no one, uh, I'll talk about, uh, there's a story about an Asian elephant at the Berlin Zoo. No one uh, supports zoos more than this show or me, chewing the fat. There's an Asian elephant, the Elephus Maximus, at the Berlin Zoo uh, that can use her trunk to peel bananas before eating them. This is what the researchers have figured out. They figure that uh, she picked up the skill by watching zookeepers peel bananas for her. There's video of the elephant, Pang Fa, P-A-N-G-P-H-A, I guess that's how you pronounce it, Pang Fa, uh, grasp the banana with the end of her trunk. She twists the trunk around itself, breaks the banana, ripping off the stem, throws the rest on the ground, then she picks up the banana again, and she pinches the frayed peel with her trunk, and uh, she peels the fruit. And it's pretty... Uh, pretty amazing uh, for a thumbless animal, no question. Now, when you watch the study, uh, the zookeeper said that uh, she'd bring him, bring, uh, bring her green bananas, and she likes green bananas. She would swallow them whole. She likes them just the way they are. And then, when she bring her a ripe banana with a little brown spot on it, oh no, uh, no, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and peel that. Okay, I don't like those. Uh, I don't like the old brown spot peels. They taste nasty. And if you bring her a two ripe banana, oh, I'm not eating that. Okay, uh, maybe you didn't hear me, but I'm not eating that. <laughs> I'm an Asian elephant here at the Berlin Zoo, and you are here to feed me and take care of me because I am Elephus Maximus, and uh, so I do not like those. And you see in the video. The zookeeper brings her an extra ripe banana. She sets it down. She doesn't want it. And then the zookeeper brings her another ripe banana. And she just throws it, tosses it back at her. Like, I don't want that. Get this thing out of here. And then you see them come in. There's three other elephants that come in. Uh, the one footage that they show. Uh, where they come in and there's bananas on the ground. And you see the others just pick it up and eat it. And she peels them uh, the way she likes them. She also stashes one. She stashes one. The other elephants are looking around like, hey, there was more around here. Nope. Go ahead. Go back outside because this one's mine. <laughs> and the other one kind of hangs out like, hey, uh, why don't you uh, give me a bit of that? Nope. Sorry about it. That banana is mine. Okay. So it's pretty amazing that uh, this elephant peels the banana i don't know i don't know what it means uh you know i guess uh they claim that uh pang fa's reluctance to peel the bananas during group feeding is a sign that she optimized the benefit for her benefit for her benefit well yeah okay so that's why she hid the one banana okay so when they come in and there's other elephants around she just eats the whole bananas but she saves the yellow one off to the side. She's like, I like that better for myself and I'm not sharing it with you. Okay. And so back off me. All right. I like my, I like my bananas the way I, I like my elephants peeled. I don't know. <laughs> There's a joke there somewhere and I'll just let you go ahead and decide what it is. And I'll, you know what? I'll leave you with the joke of the day. It doesn't even have anything to do with elephants. Okay. It has to do with birds. All right. The joke of the day. It was an email, uh, an email submission for a joke of the day. Uh, if the stork is the bird that delivers the baby, what is the bird that prevents the baby? Okay, that's the joke of the day submitted to you from at chewingthefatoftheblaze.com. If the stork is the bird that delivers the baby, what is the bird that 
that prevent the baby. I feel like this is a Karnak the Magnificent. Because <laughs> uh, I could answer the joke and then the question in the envelope would be, if the, uh, if the stork is the bird that delivers the baby, this is the bird that prevents the baby. And Karnak would, you know, first hold the envelope up to his head and he would say, the swallow, the swallow. And Ed would say, Ed McMahon, the swallow. And then they'd open the envelope and the question would be, what's the bird that prevents the baby? <laughs> so I've just reversed the joke for you. But the joke is, if the stork is the bird that delivers the baby, the bird that, what is the bird that prevents the baby? The swallow. You get it. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.